0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from Go Church. We hope it encourages you today. For more information about Go Church, check us out online at let'sgo.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, I want you to take your hand, put it on somebody's shoulder next to you, and just do a little loving shake and say, Let's get loose today. Loosen up. Loosen up. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to have fun in church. You're in Go Church. You're in a safe, exciting, fun place. And I have a question for you. How many of you, 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 how many of you have ever had an argument with somebody? Let me see an argument hand in the air. How many of you would just say, I've had a straight up fight with somebody before? I've had a verbal altercation. Okay, how many of you are sitting by the person that you fought with? Don't answer. (laughs) They are here to bear witness. Conflict. So here's the deal tough truth about conflict, you will have conflict, for sure, with the people in your life that matter. It's just a tough truth. You're going to have conflict with the people in your life you care about. But here's the good news about conflict, is on the other side of conflict is a deeper connection. So I don't want us to look at conflict today as the enemy. I want us to look at conflict as an opportunity, an opportunity for a deeper connection if we can get to the other side. But so many times we don't get to the other side. We just kind of live in that weird space of fight, 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 bicker, 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 raise our voice, repeat, 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 repeat. But I'm going to keep it real. I've asked you if you've ever had a fight, if you have ever had an argument. And guess what? I have too. My hand was in the air. And yes, Becky and I, as we get close to Valentine's Day, I will admit we have had our fair share of fights and arguments. I do think it's weird, especially maybe when you have kids and you're working and you're busy, sometimes you end up fighting during things like date nights. Do you ever notice that? There's something about you're together long enough where you've stored up all of this stuff and you haven't had time to talk about it. And then on date night, it's like, well, we're here, we're talking. And by the way, I've been mad for four weeks about this thing. Don't let that happen during Valentine's Day, okay? Just get it all out today for Valentine's Day. But Becky, now we've had our fair share. And I was reminded of this this week because Becky was gone for a few days and she was at a women's leadership retreat, which I always am so impressed with Becky. She's always working on her leadership and growing as a leader. So she was gone, and I was trying to do the stuff, and a box comes to the house, which is not abnormal. What was abnormal about this box that came and arrived at our front door is that it was not from Amazon. No prime tape on this one, right? And those jump out. It's like, wait a minute, not from Amazon. What is this? A bomb? What is this? So I take the box and I kind of shake it. No clues. It was heavier than I thought it would be. Bring it inside the house. Open it up only to see my worst nightmare in a box. I open the box. And what is in the box? People are guessing. Dish towels are in the box. Now, this is my worst nightmare in the moment. It took me back two weeks, and I had some PTSD in the moment. And it was reminding me of a fight that we had two weeks earlier. Now, some things you need to know about Becky and dish towels. Becky many times will buy little gifts for people, and she'll buy a bunch of them at once, and they'll show up at the house, and she'll give them out over time. I did not know if these dish towels were like, okay, here we go. More dish towels for me or a gift. Either way, I'm going to have to deal with them. So Becky, she's picky about her dish towels. How many of you know somebody in your life who's picky about dish towel anything? Is there anybody else in this house that's picky about dish towels? Becky will only buy dish towels from one place. And this place, this brand, is called Geometry. I looked them up because I opened the box and I was like, geez, Louie, I'm pulling out. There was like seven or eight towels in this box so i go to geometry and look it is voted the best kitchen towel better homes and gardens of 2023 becky loves these towels now i must say the towels are really good towels very absorbent but i have learned through life and experimenting that these towels can only be used to clean up certain things So it's hanging on front of the oven, right? It's got to be folded in a way that the seams are folded backwards, and it's symmetrical, and it's in the middle, and it's not off to the side. And you better not grab that towel. If you have a pasta spill, you better not. Mm Mm-mm. A little egg yolk, mm mm-mm. The only thing these towels can clean up, evidently, is water. The only thing they're cleared from Becky to use the towel for. Which creates a problem, because for me, first of all, I don't want to go over to the oven, I don't want to have to like bend down a little bit, grab the thing, take it over, wipe up the mess, take it, fold it back up, bring it back over, put it over here in front. I don't want to do any of that, so we fight. So I'll take it, I'll use it, and I'll throw it on the counter. Because guess where the mess has happened? On the counter? I don't have to go over and grab it from the thing, bring it over, fold it, unfold it, do the deal, so we fight, fight, fight about this. And so one day I just said, enough. I go to Sam's Club. And I buy a whole container full of these. My terry towel. This is all I need. Oh, don't you groan. You groan because you have not used a terry towel. This towel is tough. This thing has been washed like 8,000 times, and it's still together. It can clean up anything. It's absorbent. And if it gets too crazy, it costs two cents. Then you throw it away, grab another one. So I will take the terry towel, and I will, if I'm cooking, I might throw it over the shoulder. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, it's right here. I might take it, put it right into the pocket, let it hang in there. Boom. Hands, we're doing it. Mess, bam, right back in the pocket. And so then I will take this, and guess what I do with it? Just throw it right there on the counter. It's always there. So we fight about it. So I open up this box, and I'm getting all of this PTSD towel stuff as I'm looking at new towels. And it reminds me of a fight that we had two weeks ago about towels and about this specific towel. Literally this. No, I did not grow into Ant-Man right now, and proportionally is correct. This is the world's tiniest, quote-unquote, towel. So Becky, I love you, babe. I do. I love you. She will take this little towel, and she will put it, like, over the faucet in the kitchen. Put it right over the faucet in the kitchen. So we move the faucet, falls off right in the sink, gets soaked. Gets nasty. Take it, put it back up there, falls off. It's all around the sink, all this stuff, and it's so tiny. I, I, what, are, what are you going to do with this? It's like, it's so tiny. What are you going to do? So I turned to her the other day, and I'm like, Can we just throw this away? Can we just throw it away? And she goes, don't you throw that away. (laughs) I was like, yes, (laughs) ma'am. We don't want to be thrown away. Isn't it funny, though, how little things like this, okay, okay? can become a problem so I decided while she was gone to solve the problem here's what I did on the front of our oven just to solve all of it can we see it this is what I did guess how long all that stuff stayed up there till Becky got home it's funny though how a little thing like this could turn into a big thing Have you ever had a fight about something small like something that doesn't even matter like in the scheme of life a little towel who cares it's a towel but this can turn into a big thing, right? Or you're fighting about where you're going to go for dinner. Or you're going to park there. Why did you park there? Why didn't you park over there? And you start fighting about parking. And you're like, I've never needed your advice on where to park ever in 30 years. I've never had an accident in another space that I've picked. It's always worked out fine. Why do you care where I park? Well, why did you park there? And you fight about it. Not that I would know. You fight, and you fight, and you fight and you're fighting about little things until someone says something like this. Why are you like this? Hmm? Then this, this kind of fight takes a turn, right? You're like, oh, wait a minute, what? Or, why are you always like this? Why do you always do this? Or, Is this the way that you were raised? Now we're bringing mama into it. How many of you know a fight can go from like zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds? It happens so fast. It's like you can have a little bitty candle flame, and you take a little bit of gasoline, and then woof, it is all of a sudden huge, burning things, hurting things, out of control, and it all started with a tiny little towel. Today, I want us to look into the Word of God and figure out a better way. So grab your communication card. Let's look at this together. Write across the top, one big thing. Everybody who's streaming today, one big thing. Write this down. It's not you against me. It is us against the problem. And this is good. You need to write this down in your heart. It's not you against me, me against you. It's us against the problem. So for me and Becky, it's not me against Becky, Becky against me. It's us against the problem. And the problem is towel management in the middle of an ever-changing multiverse. That is the problem. How do we deal with all of the towels? I want you to think about the people in your life that you care about. And think how many times you started fighting against each other when that wasn't even really the problem. It's not me versus you. It's not you versus me. It's us against the problem. So I want to give you two things. Everybody say two things. things. Come on, everybody say two two things. Two things that make conflict hard and one goal to move forward. Here's the first thing that makes conflict hard. Being married to Nick. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) It is kind of hard. Here's the real first thing. Personal differences. I want to give a little working definition for today. Competing temperaments affect the way we handle conflict. Personal differences. Think about the differing competing temperaments that affect the way that we handle conflict. For example, me. As you already know, I'm a verbal processor. I talk a lot. You're like, you talk too much. Remember Super Bowl, we want to get back for pregame. Not too much today, buddy. I talk a lot. I find that for me, talking helps me figure out problems. I'll talk about it, I'll think about how it sounds. It's like brainstorming. I'll talk about it. If I'm talking about it, sometimes I'll even talk loud and not even know I'm talking loud. However, me know somebody like that. It's like, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm just talking. Like, no, no, you're yelling. Just talking, talking passionately. Talk to figure out things and figure out problems and try things on for size. I'm a talker. Becky is quiet. She is a thinker. I'm a talker, she's a thinker. She thinks before she talks, I just talk. She thinks, and she thinks. And she thinks. And she thinks and she thinks and she thinks. And then you know what she does? She thinks some more. Then what she does is she stands up with good posture and she declares her truth which shall remain true for the next 1,000 years, the truth. She will not budge. It shall not be changed. She has thought and considered every angle for the rest of time. So be it. I am more of a talker, and we're kind of working on it, right? I would be like, well, that is not the complete truth. In fact, I object. Your honor, I object. And I submit to you exhibit T. Look at the size of this towel, Your Honor. This towel is absolutely worth nothing. There's no practical use for this except to create problems. I would not even subject the jury to even comprehend the stupidity of the size of this towel. I would talk and talk and talk and talk. She already knows the truth. It is so important for all of us to remember this. We are all different. And if God would have wanted more than one of you, he could have made one. You are different from every other person in the world. You see things differently than your friend sees them, your spouse sees them, your boss sees them, your kid sees them. It's unique to you. So it's so easy in life just to assume, well, why aren't they doing it the way I would do it? I think leaders struggle with this all the time. They might be really good, really sharp, really smart, really efficient at getting things done. Why don't they do it how I would do it? Well, because they're not you. If you are more worried about being right than you are about the relationship you're in, if you just want to win the argument, win, 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 you'll eventually win, and you will also be alone. Where you can be right all the time. So, I want us to think about the unique people that we are doing life with. Let's not forget that we're different. Everybody say different. Actually, turn to somebody and just say this with respect. You might not even know them, but just turn to them. It's true. And just say, We're different. And then say, you have a right to be wrong. Just let them know. Let them know that. You have a right to be wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to force my opinion on you. Personal differences. Second one is this. Write this down. Family differences. Conflict in our family of origin affects the way we handle conflict. So no surprise, my parents talked a lot, especially my mom. My mom talks a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and she has a lot of good things to say. But she is a verbal processor. My dad talks a little, not nearly as much as my mom, but my dad was never a yeller. Not a lot of yelling in our house. Some people, that's how they were raised. Like their families are just yellers. And sometimes they're not even that mad. They just yell. That's just how they communicate. And you think there's some big massive problem happening, and they're like, what are you worried about? Everything's normal. It's fine. My dad, not a big yeller, like if I did something wrong, if I got in trouble, my dad would just put on all of his Thanos rings, snap, and I would end up on another planet. That's what my dad would do, not yell at me though. Becky's mom and dad, they did not talk a lot. One of the practical reasons they didn't talk a lot is because they had shift work differences in scheduling. So like her dad would work all night long, and her mom would work all day long. And so just that rhythm of there's not a lot of just common family time, hanging out, how was your day, how did this go? In some ways, Becky kind of raised herself because everybody was working, and so she's taking care of some of her meals and getting herself to school, taking care of her stuff. Nobody's checking on her with homework or any of that. She's very independent and not used to having people ask her like me, how was your day, what were you thinking about, what was going on? Some of you are thinking about somebody in your life right now, and you're like, that's you. It's okay. Why? Because we are different. And thank God that we are. These are two things that make conflict hard. And here's one goal that I think we should consider embracing. Check it out. Come on, nice round of applause. I love that performance. Everybody say out loud, be together. together. Try it one more time. Be together. together. Not Not the same. Simple, but not simplistic. And we need to remember that we are all unique, and this is the body of Christ. That's what makes it beautiful, is that we are all different. We have different strengths and different weaknesses. When we pull ourselves together, though, we can make some amazing music. You can be a C, you can be the E, you can be the G. And together, you can make some music. We can harmonize together. And so it's not me versus you. Something powerful happens when we come together. And when we do, we can create something that is bigger than any individual key. So, yes, you are important in the body of Christ, but you're not the most important. If you get it, say, I get it. If you get it, say, I get it. All right, so listen, it's not you against me, it's us against the problem. Let's look into the Bible, see what the Bible has to say about conflict. We're going to look in the book of James, James chapter 4. James says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Great question, right? Why are y'all fighting? That's Nick's Southern Edition. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. This is metaphorical language, okay? They're not literally killing each other. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The Bible is talking about that there are desires that battle within us. Remember, it's not me against you. There's some other tension happening. What is it? Write this down. It's one major cause of unhealthy conflict. Write this down. Personal insecurities. We need to face the brutal facts. If you look across the landscape of your life, maybe there are certain zones of your life where you feel this insecurity. Maybe you feel it when you're around that super successful friend. And you feel like everything is going great for them, but it's just really not working for me. And you feel insecure, frustrated. Maybe you feel insecure just in your relationship at large. Maybe with your husband, wife. Maybe even around your kids or around other parents. You're around them. You're like, oh, man, their kid seems to be great. And always on this honor roll, that honor roll, this thing, that thing. Maybe you feel insecure. Maybe you feel insecure around the in-laws or even your own parents. Maybe your neighbor's. Maybe you just feel like, man, it looks like my neighbor is killing it in every area of life. What is up with this? And you feel a little bit insecure. So what do insecure people do? They get frustrated. They get tired. They can lash out sometimes. Working on your confidence. So look, let's look back. This is James chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So what if we turned our one big thing around and said it like this? It's not you against me. It's me against me. I've got to get me healthy. And that's why I think we have so many dysfunctional or messed up relationships, because it's two-way unhealthy people trying to find health in the relationship itself. Look, when you get married or you get into a serious relationship, you don't check your baggage, baby. You bring it onto the plane. And if you look to that other person to fix you, if you look to that other person to complete you, you're asking them to do what only God can do. So in effect, you're creating a human-shaped idol. And then you blame. When it doesn't go right, what do you do? You get mad and you blame. If you would just, you owe it. Here we go again. Things like this. It's your family. It's this. It's that. It's other. What do we do is we blame. And this is right from the Bible. It's like we blame others. We we pass on the responsibility. We pass the buck. Side note pass the buck how many of you actually know what that means raise your hand yeah I didn't either I wrote that down on my notes and I'm like this is dumb I'm writing this down I don't even really know what this means we just heard it right so I'm like what does pass the buck mean so I looked it up and according to googs passing the buck comes from playing poker from back in the day So everybody circled around, playing some poker, and the marker in the table or the buck that they would call it sometimes, sometimes called maybe a buck from it being a buck knife, what would happen is as the person would deal, you would pass the marker or pass the buck saying it's your turn to deal, maybe turn the knife one way. So the idea of passing the buck students and all the adults, including me, means to pass on the responsibility to someone else. So instead of poker, we are supposed to pass it on in dealing. In life, when we say you're passing the buck, you're passing responsibility that you should embrace to somebody else. And we're blaming people for things that we should take responsibility for. Now, if you're here and you're about my age, maybe the thing will come on the star that you would see on TV sometimes, the more you know. There you go. That's all you get from Go Church today. We blame people, and we see this in the Bible. Look at this. James 4.11, same chapter. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. In the message version, it says, don't badmouth each other, friends. So he's writing about conflict. He's saying out of conflict, people are actually saying bad things about each other. You're blaming or taking the responsibility that you should embrace, and you're passing it off onto other people. And in this time, 2,000 years ago, now the Jewish people have always had a great debate culture, but it was crossing the line. And so James is writing this to believers, which we are. He's writing this to the body of Christ, which we are. And he's saying, watch out. Your battles, don't they come from the insecurities, the tension in your own life? And then you take these things and you put it on other people. You're slandering them. Now, the practical killer of slander back in the day is that there was no LinkedIn to offset that. There was no online presence. There was no like, well, they said that, but go look at my Google reviews. I've paid to make sure they look awesome. So slander back in the day, this was the only way that you could build credibility with other people was word of mouth. And so if somebody heard something bad about you, that might mean they don't go into business with you or they choose somebody else or they don't trust you because somebody said something. So slander, you see, practically could literally, practically tear down somebody's life. The power of our words, not just then, but also now. They have never lost their power. So this brings us to one question. I want you to write this down. One question to ask before you fight. Listen, before you fight today, I want you to ask this question. <laughs> am I holding a magnifying glass or a mirror? I want you to get this imagery in your head. You know, if you were to hold one of these. Am I holding a magnifying glass or a mirror? Now, let's look at the scripture again. This is James 4. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. When you are upset, do you tend to blame? Do you tend to take it out on somebody else? Do you tend to look for where they messed up before you take responsibility for what you have messed up? What is your tendency? Which one do you grab first? Do you grab the magnifying glass and say, "Mm, hmm, you always, it's always you and these towels. This must have been the way you were raised. Mom had like some crazy collection of towels. Or do you grab the mirror? You look in your own heart. You look in your own life. You make sure your attitude's okay. You make sure your perspective is right. You make sure that you're not going to judge them while you're doing the same basic thing. You look back in the scripture, how could that look? It says, look, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Dr. Henry Cloud writes this about humility. Love his work. Any of his books are good. Henry Cloud, he says this, humility is not about perceiving yourself as lower than you are. It has to do with perceiving yourself as you really are, with both weaknesses and strengths. So instead of you against the other person, you against me, me against you, if you will decide, you know what, it's us against the problem. Right? It's us against Thanos. Thanos is the problem. We don't need to fight amongst ourselves you can turn into some modern-day Avengers, a power couple, a power family, a power friendship that you can get done more together than you could individually apart. You multiply that within unity, and amazing things happen. If you're just on that piano, and you're just like, c c c c c c see, that gets crazy annoying quick. But when you start making music together, it starts to get fun. I want you to think about this today. How are you contributing to the relationships that you care most about? Because you are contributing something. That's not the question. Are you? What are you contributing? Peace? Encouragement? Empowerment? Trust? Giving the benefit of the doubt? Knowing that they're a good person and that we've got to figure out what this problem is, and we can do it together? Are you quick to accuse them while you excuse yourself? Think about that. Something happened this week, which some of you will find funny. I found it perplexing. Somebody tried to steal our 2002 Chevy Suburban, Again, if if you've been here like a year or two, you've heard this story before. This very same 2002 Chevy Suburban was actually stolen. And to our great disappointment, it was found. Everybody wants this Suburban but me. (laughs) I just can't get rid of it, though. Sentimental or some weird thing in the universe. So I go out to the garage, and I'm going to get into the Suburban, and lo and behold, somebody had punched the lock. So on the driver's side door, the, we put the key in, punched out. just a hole, and it's in the door rattling around now. And so we're trying to figure out when did this happen, and when did it probably happen. And we kind of narrowed it down to probably happened when my boys, Ethan and Levi, drove the Suburban to a local rec center to play some basketball. And so I go into, like, dad mode, and I'm like, did you have the club on the car? Because we're going to have like this 1990s club, you know, like on the steering wheel. It's like in our neighborhood, we're going to have this. So we got the club on this car. I'm like, did you have the club on the car? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did you, did you park by the light? You know we talked about in the parking lot, you want to park by a light. Did you park by a light? Uh, I think we parked by Did you park near the front? Did you park near the front and by the light? Uh, I'm think. I thinking, are you sure you did? So I'm like getting on their case, starting to get a little like dad fired up. Not like crazy mad or blowing up, but just a little dad edge to it. And then my mind went all the way back to when our Suburban was actually stolen. And it was like a mirror just came up out of nowhere. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh yeah, our Suburban was actually stolen from the AMC parking lot when somebody didn't lock it. Hello. I remember that. I think the Lord just grabbed that and was like, remember this? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you know what, boys? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Somebody's crazy. Just eat it the best you can. It's not your fault. And I went back to that place of how am I going to accuse them while excusing myself? But it's so easy in our human nature to do that to people that we love all the time. So can we apply James and say, James, Pastor James, you're right. Many of the fights that I have, it originates with the tension in and of my own self, out of insecurities, out of frustrations that I carry, out of things that have happened, maybe out of unmet expectations. And I take it out on the people that I love the most. And if we keep doing that, you will not be around the people that you love the most because that relationship will end. Today we have a great hope. Because the things that seem hopeless in our own physical power are the things that God says, hello, remember me? God is in the business of reconciliation. He is in the business of restoration. God is in the business of hope. God is in the business of helping us draw near to him. And as we do, he lifts us up. And I want us to remember that last verse. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Levi, can you help me with something real quick? He's going to stop sitting on the front row one of these weeks. Come on up here with me. This is my son, Levi. Can we have a round of applause for Levi? He helps me sometimes on stage. Now, Levi, I just I just want you to stand here and look handsome. This is easy. We'll pop the collar. Here we go. So the Bible says that God, he resists the proud. Okay? He resists the proud. So I want you to get an idea, like Levi just maybe wanting to walk towards me. And I do this just a little bit. And I'm like, mm-mm. In fact, scoot back a little bit. I'm going to resist you. The Bible says that God resists the proud. It's not even like apathetically ignoring. But the idea of, of resisting the proud. But he gives grace, which means I give somebody something they don't deserve. He gives grace to the humble, not to the perfect, to the humble. He says, come here, all this. You put your collar any way you want. I love you just the same. Thank you, Levi. When we have this haughty spirit, can you imagine the Almighty God resisting you? And then you wonder, why does stuff not work? It's your very own pride that is cutting your own throat. God wants to lift you up. God wants to give you grace. God wants to see you excel. God wants to help you. But we have to have a spirit that says, God, please, I humble myself. I submit again to your Lordship, Jesus. You're the Lord. You're the leader, not me. Help me. Let's pray. God, we come to you in your name. You say that we ask anything in according to your will, your name. We can have it. We can see it. We can believe for it. And God, I know for a fact that you are not willing that any person would perish or be separated from you. God, today as your kids, we come to you and we ask that you would help us to know our need for you. Help us not to get so caught up in feeling successful that we missed the whole point. That we missed the value and the beauty of the people that you have brought in and around our life. God, I pray that today we would remember the beauty, the differences that are amazing in the people in and around our life. That you lived and died, Jesus, and that you were resurrected for To make a way for us to have a relationship with the Holy God. God, help us today to be grateful, to be thankful. Come on, Christians. Come on, believers in Jesus. Take a minute right now and just search your heart. And say, God, if there is any little piece of pride in me, just burn it up. Just radiate it out with your presence today. Help me to be humble. Help me to be hungry. Help me. To unselfishly choose for the highest godly good of another person to love them god help us to see the people in our life as they are a gift they're a gift never to be taken for granted maybe you're here today if we're talking about a gift Maybe you've heard about the greatest gift that has ever been given, the gift of Jesus Christ, that God gave His one and only Son. You've heard about this. You've heard about this Jesus that came to this earth and lived this life and was the Son of God. You've heard about it. You've heard about it. But you've never really believed. You've never really prayed and asked Jesus to be the Lord and the leader of your life. Maybe you know some things about God, but you don't really know God. Or maybe it's been so long in your life, you think, when did I really have a connection with God? Man, when was that? Was I 14? Was I in high school? And you can't even really remember it. It's just faded, faded, faded to a non-existent thing that you occasionally get nostalgia about. It is time today to take pride and kick it to the curb in your life and say, I want to know God fresh, as God intends it to be, and I'm going to make Jesus the Lord and the leader of my life right here today moving forward. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me out loud right now. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the leader of your life, pray this. Jesus, thank you for speaking to my heart. I ask that you would forgive me of every sin. I make you the Lord and the leader of my life. And I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Go Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at letsgo.church. You can also download our app from the App Store by searching Go Church. Have a great week, and God bless.